the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Jordan. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? It's my birthday. It is your birthday. I'm 34. Yeah. Today. Are you sure? And every day until I'm 35. Are you sure you're 34? No. <laughs> I'm going to cut myself off at a good old 30. I feel like that's a good number. 30 again. Number. Look at that. 30-er year. So... We are on episode 36 today, yes. talking about the catacombs of Paris. Oh. So we're going to say some shit wrong today, oh, folks. a thousand percent. Buckle up, buttercup. It's about to get bumpy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We always pronounce everything correctly. Yeah. Was, the, the, what we think's correct. Yeah. Everybody know, else is like, you're wrong. For those of you that are patrons, you realize I did a... A solo uh, episode on Malaysian Airlines, Flight 370, that disappeared. And there are some names in there that are hard to pronounce. Ooh-wee. Some Malaysian-ass names. Malaysian-ass I'll names. I'll tell you what. We're about to talk about some Paris-ass names. <laughs> some Parisians. Parisian. If you will. Yeesh. Before we get into this, let's talk about some business. We don't have a whole lot to talk about business-wise, but how many downloads we at? 15,077. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Pretty wild. Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Not too shabby. You know what's next? 20,000. Yeah. Because we're rounding this up. <laughs> A lot. To the sky's the limit. We hit 1501. We're like, we're basically 20. We are. <laughs> rounding up. That's how my math skills work. So, uh, yeah. So, tell a buddy and bring a friend. To our podcast, we kind of talked about it last episode where we're trying to get sponsored, mm-hmm. but we need some more listeners. Yep. We love all the listeners we have. We're actually close to like, so it's like weekly listeners is what we need. Yeah, it's like four twenty six or something like that. I think. Yeah, and it was like like a Three. month ago, it was like three hundred. Yeah. So it's like. So pretty, you guys are doing it. Yeah, yeah, you're doing it. You're doing. You're the doing thing. it. Thank you for doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just need to do it a little more. Just more doing it. Just more doing it. <laughs> more does. So thank you for everybody who shares, mm-hmm. likes, subscribes, give us a comment on there. Mm-hmm. So we've got, I think, almost 70 uh, comments or five-star reviews on Apple, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. We love to read them. We yes. haven't gotten any new ones um, there for a while. We had like a ton. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's Christmas time. I get people are busy, but just, you know. Take five seconds, leave us a little love note, mm-hmm. and then we'll read it here yep. to everyone. Yep. So you'll be famous. Super famous. Yeah. It's tough out there. You know? Yeah. I don't know why either. That kind of makes more people see it. Like, what? Whenever the more, you comment? Yeah. The more likes and like like comments you have. For some reason, comments really do it. Yeah. It kind of makes it, it show up on other people's pages. Yeah. So, so leave, us, do it. leave us some comments. Yeah. Nice ones. Okay. <laughs> As always, we, we haven't added any new merch, but we do have new merch, right? Newish, yeah. New to you. Yeah. Merch. Yeah. Uh, tell us about it. So, yeah, we recently just switched to a new uh, print provider. So, we got all kind. We got clocks now. Yeah. Pretty dope. So, it's time for a mystery. Because it always is. Yeah. And then we have that same logo on a t-shirt. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. We got... Uh, blankets like plush blankets mm-hmm. and they're fucking huge they're like huge. they're like 80 by i forget what the the width is make yourself a burrito That's like, you could be what six eight and fit in this thing yeah so all our tall folks get you one get you one uh yeah we got just got t-shirts sweaters what else pillows yeah 
bags. Like suede pillows are pretty dope. Totes. Yep. Uh, totes my goats. Totes my goats. <laughs> we got some zip-up hoodies, yeah. some sweatshirts, mm-hmm. t-shirts, tankies, mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever your little heart desires, it's on there. Yep. For sure. Ornaments. Yeah, we do have ornaments. It's Christmas time. It is. We would love to see our ornament on somebody's tree. That'd be pretty wild. I'm going to push this like I did the decorative pillows, folks. Mm. So you got four more weeks of me. Selling what? the ornaments. This comes out. Oh, yeah. So, two, one week. <laughs> Just do it. Just order it. Just order it. You have it for next year. <laughs> yeah. Or you could hang it on, like, your rearview mirror. Yeah. You know? That'd Do- be pretty cool. Doesn't have to be Christmas time. Yeah. You could put ornaments anywhere you want. It is America. This, it is America. Well, for some of you, we have listeners. Yeah, we all do have. Yeah, we do. But, which is crazy. Yeah. What's up to all our peeps in other countries? Yeah. How you doing? If you're in another country listening right now, like post this, like a screenshot of this, and just say where you're listening from. Yeah. Because it's super interesting. So to we want to get a map. Yeah. And like mark everywhere we've been. Mm. Electronically, yeah, where people have heard our voice, yeah, because we're not going to get there in real life. No. We don't make enough money. No, not I'd yet. love to, <laughs> but there's like sixty over sixty countries now. Yeah, so it's crazy. It is. It's just crazy. How do you listen if you're in another country? Yeah, where do you find? Do you this? have like, or like, more importantly, do you understand English? I'm sure like, they do if they're listening. Well, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Do they have like? Dubs? Do they dub us in a different no. language? No. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'd like to hear that. No, I don't. Hear us pronouncing shit correctly from another language? <laughs> yeah, translator that's perfectly said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But yeah, on our website, too, you can find all of our episodes, um, as well as a link to our Patreon, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, our Patreon. Uh, to all our patrons, mm-hmm. we're getting ready to, um, we printed out some really cool um, posters that yeah. Jord designed for every episode. You know, he throws up a really cool poster. So we printed out some of those. Um, I got some real cool Sharpies. Me and him are going to sign them and get them out to you. We've had a big response to the QR code sticker. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you message us, give us your address, we'll send you a QR sticker for you to stick anywhere in your town that's legal. To do so. Don't yeah. be vandalizing nothing. Well, I know a lot of, like, uh, breweries and stuff have, like, poles mm-hmm. even, or, like, it's, like, walls that you there's just, like, you stickers. You just put a sticker on it. So if you just slap a sticker on there. Yeah. So if somebody sees our sticker, they can use their camera, yep. and then it'll pull us right to the website. Yep. Um, and then we'll also give you a sticker just for yourself to do whatever you would like. Yeah, just a logo, st- well, our, our st- not a QR code sticker, just a no, logo. No, just, yeah, one of our cool stickers. Yep. I'm telling you what, I got a ho- some graphic, like, holographic yeah, stickers. They aren't on on the store. They're only if you message us and Mm. beg for them. Yeah. I got some that I'm willing to let go. They're pretty cool. (laughs) They're pretty cool. What else? I thought I was going to say something else. Uh, shit. No, I don't think so. Well, and just, just big dumb brain. Just to go back to the QR stickers, I've got the regular stickers. We're just waiting on the QR stickers to come in. Yeah. But I've got a list of everybody who's messaged us now. Mm-hmm. If if somebody's gonna hate me, somebody asked if I could ship internationally, mm-hmm. and I'm a hundred thousand percent willing to try that out. I've never shipped international. Yeah. I'm just a, a small town girl from Ohio. But I'm willing to do it. However, I can't find your message. I believe it was I somewhere have, in Africa. I have it. South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. I think I have it. Okay. I can cool. find it. That was Nicole Bosch. Was it? Yeah. No. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. 
I'm going to fight you. I promise you. Nicole Bosch. Okay. You're right. <laughs> That's what we call it on this show, a memory. The search is over, folks. We found her. <laughs> Nicole, I'm going to try to get you one of those. South yep. Africa. Yep. Okay. I think that's all of the business. Well, just to go deeper on the patron, Patreon, oh, yeah. Yeah. we have two tiers available. Yes. So we have the tier one is $2 a month, and that gets you a bonus ep- Or no, that gets you next week's episode right now. And it's kind of just like general show support. It also gets you a 10% uh, discount to our store. Yep. And then the tier two is $5 a month. It gets you all of that plus a bonus episode every Friday. Yeah. So you have four episodes a month. And we're still doing our promo where you, too, can get one of these posters mm-hmm. signed by us. Very yep. professional. They're very cool. I would like to really get one and put them in frames and then, like, decorate my house. But that's just because this is our podcast. I don't expect you to want to do that. But No, it would be cool. Yeah, cause if, but, yeah, I mean. I think eventually it would be cool to do patron-exclusive giveaways. Yeah. So, like, we do giveaways on Instagram just for all our fans and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But if we do, like, just a patron one, yeah. we could give those away. Like, full-size, like, stickers for, like, you can put in mm-hmm. frames or just, like, like a movie poster, basically. Yeah. And and some of the stuff that we give away typically are, aside from the shirts and stuff like that, because we don't have that stock on hand. Right. But the stickers we buy in bulk, um, and they're not on our store. There's something special. So, right. um, so that's something that you can buy a sticker on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want something a little extra, not everybody can have one. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can. Just shoot us a message. Let's yep. find out. For sure. All right. Are you ready to get into this catacomb business? Yes. How did you learn about these? I watched a movie. Yeah. As above, so below? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Ghost Adventures, because we talk yeah. about Ghost Adventures every episode. We should. They should start paying us <laughs> for advertisement. Well, that Discovery back-ends. Channel. If you listen get in. Us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So I watched that movie. Did you like it? No, not no? really. I, like I mean, it. it was all right. It was just a B movie. It wasn't yeah. like a great one. I just like that dude, the main actor. Yeah, the black-haired fellow. Yeah. Yeah. But. He's in uh, the Friday the 13th remake. Uh-huh. He yes. dies real quick. Real quick. Real early. Tense. Yeah. I'll get you. It's tense. He's the last one to die. Who? That in guy. The in like the No, he's the last one to die in the opening of Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Because his girlfriend's getting burned alive in the sleeping bag. And then he gets caught in a bear trap, and then Jason Never puts good. the thing through his head. I feel like if I got caught in a bear trap, just put me out of my misery. Do you remember in, I think it was this Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, when the guy was running, and he stepped in a bear trap? But he was like, since he was running, it like clamped onto his leg and like pulled all the skin down. Ooh. It was disgusting. Yeah. Not good. That just hurts my soul. Uh, I know. I don't want any of that. No. That would break your bone. It would, yeah. It goes all the way to your bone. So then just snap that shit off and keep on going. <sighs> yeah, it, like the the thing went to his bone, and then since he was running, it pulled. Oh, no. And, oh, yeah, it was fucking you did rough. It, it was you fucking did rough. It. Oh, you did it. Good movie, though. Good movie. <laughs> Besides Great that movie. part, close your eyes for like two seconds, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so researching this, I actually went not so much like not so much spookiness in the catacombs themselves as it is as to why the catacombs are there. Hmm. So this is going to go more towards the history of why 
there is a catacombs of Paris. Hmm. Okay? Very interesting. I did not know this whenever I was researching. I just thought it was a spooky, like, regardless of, of what stories there are, mm-hmm. if, you, if you've seen pictures of this, it's freaking spooky. There's just bones, Everywhere. skulls, yep. everything. And it's put together, like, in this hodgepodge cave. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like just the <laughs> get the words. You, can you do know it. what I'm saying. <laughs> it's my birthday today, so yeah. I'm like, I'm older now. <laughs> the brain's starting to go. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, it's a scary place to be. Yeah. Regardless just, just of in general it's... of the stories. Yeah. I didn't find as many like haunting stories as I would have thought. Well, that's. I'm sure there's like thousands, but I'm, they're probably not real. Like I'm no. sure there's so many people have like their own story. It's yeah. like any creepy place in America. Like you go and it's just like everybody has their own experience, and then they're like, then they blow it out of proportion yeah. after they tell it twenty times. They start yeah. adding stuff to it. All right. Well, why don't you start talking about the uh, the beginning here? <laughs> okay. Take us back. So in the 1700s, Paris was one of the largest and most prosperous cities in the Western world. Many people from the country flocked to the hustle and bustle of the city. Life will always run its course, and Paris bursting at the seams with their population, they also were bursting at the seams with their dead people. Yeah. So if you got a lot of people together, yep. there's going to be a lot of dead people, too. This is a quick tangent. We just read two sentences, but quick tangent. I've always thought about, like, so think about, like, in, like, 5,000 years. Yeah. If there's, like, funeral, like, not, what are they, uh, cemeteries, mm-hmm. like, eventually the earth is going to be 1,000% like Holes. dead bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's I mean it's a good cuz there's like a place you can go visit your dead relatives but is it really like sustainable? No. Cuz like what, eventually it's going to be there's going to be nowhere left to bury people. So in a movie this is what we would call foreshadowing. Mm. You're foreshadowing yes. to what's to come. Yes. In this Paris. But I've like before this I've like thought about that before just like I mean eventually you're going to fill up. Yeah. So yes. It's spoiler alert. Sorry for that. Sorry for hitting the mic. <laughs> Um, Les Innocents, Holy Innocents in English, was one of the largest Parisian graveyards. It was built in the early 4th century. With the plague of 1418, it left 50,000 that were uh, dead that were buried in Los Innocents over a five-week period. Yeah. Holy shit. So this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with our plague talk, you know, the Black Death that mm-hmm. we had talked about in a couple weeks prior. Um, but yeah, and, and even now, you know, with the COVID happening... You've got a lot of people dying fast. Yeah. Um, and graveyards are only so big. 50,000 people in five weeks. Holy shit. Yes. That's crazy. Uh, so the church said that the soil of the cemetery had a flesh-eating quality, like you do if you're trying to sell plots, um, which allowed them to bury so many bodies, but obviously that wasn't the case. Right. Uh, the cemetery would provide a funeral at an astronomical cost to loved ones of the deceased. They'd bury the body and they'd leave it there for a few weeks. Then they'd dig it up and stick it in a mass grave called a charner. Now we're probably saying that wrong. Charnier probably. Yeah. But basically it's a, a potter's field or whatever you call it. It's just a mass grave. Wow. And, of course, this would be unbeknownst to the loved ones that paid this astronomical, you know, cost for this plot. Right. Um, It got to the point where the cemetery would hold a funeral, put the body in the coffin, 
and they would rig it so it would actually fall through a trap door. Whoa. The grave diggers would then dismember the body and only bury the torso so it was smaller. What? Okay. The arms and legs would then be burned, and the bones would be thrown into that mass grave. Holy shit. Yeah. That's insane. Could you imagine being working on that? No. Just dismember him dead. Oh, my God. And I feel like you got to be a little bit of a shyster to, like, be willing to do that to people's loved ones. Like, yeah. and this was all through the church. Like, so this was like, you know. There's been meetings about this. Yes. <laughs> this has been, yeah. Yes. Not just some dude doing this. No. By the late 17th century, the ground of less innocence were not capable of decomposing bodies because of the amount. The crown tried to tell them to slow or stop burying people, but the clergy only raised funeral prices and kept burying people. Yeah. They're like, yeah, this is a cash cow. Exactly. That's People are up. dying all over the place. Let's benefit. Ugh. In 1763, the court of Louis XV did an investigation. Inspectors spoke to the townspeople who gave these stories. Perfumers were not able to sell their perfumes because of the overpowering smell of the cemetery. I feel like that would drive up prices. You would think, but they were so strong that the perfume didn't work. Oh, my God. Uh, Tapestry merchants were unable to sell their cloth because the material would change color if we're outside for long periods of time. Yeah, I would just like... Because of the... mm -hmm, uh, The putrid air. Oh, my God. Wine merchants' barrels turned into vinegar if they're in the cellar for too long. Because mm-hmm. of the putrid air. Well, that's, again, cellars are underground, so it's probably like coming through the walls yeah. and shit. Oh, God. Yep. That's disgusting. In 1775, Louis XVI ordered the Parisian cemeteries to stop in his first year on the throne. The church, of course, ignored the request like they did every other time, uh, but they jacked up funeral prices again. Wow. It was so expensive now to have a funeral that only the richest classes could actually bury their loved ones. Wow. So I don't know what the other people did with their loved ones, uh, but that's sad that they couldn't, you know, that it was just, a, a, like you said, a cash cow for them. It's crazy you don't think about, like, capitalism in the 1700s. Yeah. But obviously, like, money has Supply always ruled. Supply and demand. Yeah, mm-hmm. money always rules everything. That's messed up. Yep. In 1780, there was a period of constant rain in the spring. On May 30th, a cellar wall and a proper boarding, less innocence, collapsed at the weight of so many bodies and humidity, causing a tidal wave of decomposed bodies and infected mud into the room. The building was evacuated until repairs could be made, but even the thickest wall built could not keep the smell of rotten flesh from spewing into the room. And I've always heard that Paris was gross. Yeah. Like, back in the day, because, like, we just, talked about, they just threw their poop out on the street. Well, that's, like, even, like, New York City was like that. It's just, like, when you're so many people, it's, like, there's you really nothing you can do. You do. Yeah. 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 So, um, gross. Could you imagine just be sitting in your house knitting or something, and you hear this crack and then this smell? Well, you think they would have, like, taken them out to, like, the country. It's weird that they buried everybody in the city. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess back it's hard to do that back then. Yeah. But still, that's it's So weird. that picture, I you guys can't see it. We'll post it on our Instagram. But that first picture there is actually the cemetery. And it wasn't huge, so they just started burying people on top of people. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Gross. On September 4th, 1780, there were no more burials in Less Innocence, and there are no exceptions to the rule this time. So no more jacking up prices. Nobody's getting buried here. 
The Academy of Science opened a study that same year to try to figure out how to fix what had been done, which meant trying to find a place to transfer the millions of bodies from the cemeteries. Holy cow. The king stated that Les Innocents would be the further site of a vegetable and spice market once all the bodies had been removed. I don't really feel like I want to be buying vegetables from there. It's gross, but I mean, it's good fertilizer. Because, I mean, your body just turns back into, like, fertilizer. It's like poop, they say it's fertilizer. Yeah. So it's like everything turns into fertilizer. I mean, it's disgusting. I wouldn't buy stuff from there, but it's probably really good for the ground. Yeah. Ugh. It's probably the most fertile land in Paris. Probably, Because, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's just a city. Uh, police. So here's where we start getting some names, okay? <laughs> police Lieutenant Lenore, who was just about to retire, made a suggestion to use Paris's old stone mines for all the bodies. Um, after Lenore's retirement, the torch was passed to ooh, the Roques de Cross. Crossing. <laughs> Thoreau de... Yeah. Cross. C-R-O-S-N-E. That's a weird... Mm-hmm. Very uh, Parisian. Who, on November 9th, 1785, started looking for a mine large enough to serve as a humongous ossuary, which is basically a container or a room to hold bones of dead people. Never heard that word before. No. Interesting. Crossan enlisted the help of Charles Axe Guillemont, who was an architect. Uh, Together they found... Tomb Esore, which was uh, to the south of Dinfurt Rochero, Rochero, something like that. Sounds I just good want everybody to know I failed French. I didn't even take French. I took Spanish. Me too, and I'm not very good at that either. When did you take French? Sixth grade. So you had sixth grade French? Yeah. No yeah. wonder you failed. All I know is we oui, oui. Give me a baguette. Right. <laughs> uh, they started making modifications to the mind mines and started calling their project the catacombs. They connected several rooms, added new passages, galleries, and added a building near the northeast corner. They added a 77-step winding staircase uh, to the cellar and the mines below so people could visit their loved ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty genius idea. Yeah. To just, like... Use what they had. Yeah. They already had these mines that weren't doing anything. Yeah, they just I guess they were, like, limestone mines that they had mined for the city. Right. And then they just were vacant. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, And with a few modifications, I mean, it got them what they needed. It's quick thinking to get... Yeah. Because they probably had no other solution. April 7th, 1786, the catacombs were ready, and now they were ready to start moving the bones from the cemetery. They hired laborers to help with exhuming the bones. They started with the mass graves of less innocents and emptied them into wagons. When the wagons were full, they would cover it with a black cloth and traveled in a convoy from central Paris to the catacombs while monks followed chanting last rites. Once again, once the wagons arrived, they would empty their contents into a well that went all the way down to the the catacombs and continued making trips. So that's a crazy, like, visual, just, like, dumping bones down a well (laughs) and having somebody, like, move them. Well, think about just people, like... Wagons that are full of bones and people walking behind them chanting. Uh-huh. Like that's pretty the, mo- the most ominous thing I could think of. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and this isn't in the notes, but while I was reading, um, they hired like they hired really cheap laborers. Mm. And sometimes whenever they were digging, if the grave was fresh and there was still flesh on the bones, they had to burn it off oh. before they put it on the wagon because this was only bones. It right. wasn't like 
dead bodies, so they had to burn it off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yikes. Mm-hmm. List Innocents had an estimated 6 million dead. St. Uh, Eustache and St. Etienne emptied their contents of their cemeteries into the catacombs in 1787. It took the cemeteries a total of 12 years to get all their dead bodies to the catacombs. That's crazy. Six million dead. That's insane. Twelve. Well, you got to think 50,000 was just in that five-year period. Yeah. You know? That's nuts. Wow. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, the catacombs were very unorganized. Deep pits dug into the lower mine levels, and formations of stone took the largest of the skeletons. Hallways were lined with pell-mell piles of bones and skulls. The monuments, statues, and tombstones of less innocents had been brought to the catacombs as well, but most of them were lost or destroyed with the 1789 revolution. That's a bummer. That does suck. That's what I was thinking, like, how... If you're just burying these people up and then moving them, like, it didn't seem like they're moving their headstones or, like, statues and stuff, like, at the same time. Yeah, no, I think it's... So they just, like, put them all in one spot, kind Mm -hmm. of, yeah. Yeah. They wanted to get the bones there first, and then kind of, I think the other stuff was just an afterthought. Man. Bodies of the dead from the riots in the Place de Grieve, the Hotel Brennan, and Rue Mesli were put in the catacombs on the 28th and 29th of August, 1788. The tomb of Val de Grace hospital doorkeeper Philip Asper, lost in the catacombs during 1793, um, was found 11 years later. Dang. Um, it's located in the catacombs on the spot where his body was found. Oh, wow. During 1871, communards killed a group of monarch monarchists there. That sounds like a butterfly. You said Philip, but his name is Philibert. <laughs> <laughs> your mind just like filled it in. You read Phil and you're like, yep, Phil. Philip. Philibert. Philibert. <laughs> Fiddle Philibert. Now that is a name. Philibert. My second born child will be Philibert. <laughs> some days he's Phil, some days he's Bert. <laughs> right. It depends on how he's feeling. <laughs> in 1808, Herakart de Thury, who was Gillamut's successor, gave the catacombs a facelift. He started renovating the passageways and used bones to create wall arrangements and other forms. In 1809, the catacombs were open to the public by appointment only. And I, we've got some pictures of this, too. Um, he he really wanted to, like, honor the people that were down there. Mm-hmm. So kind of in a weird, morbid way, he took skulls and made, like, hearts out of it. Um, like, Jordan, if you scroll all the way down to the last picture. Yeah, all that. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, and, you know, I mean, I one day hope to be art on a wall. When I'm dead. It's really, like, morbid, but it's kind of, like, it's, it looks like an art exhibit. Like, the whole, even just the walls. Mm-hmm. It looks it's like. Pla- I mean, it, to place all of those yeah, things. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. It, it looks like is like, somebody carved all these things. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It looks like, a, yeah, it's just wild. So we'll put pictures up of, yeah, of this. Um, there are over 6 million skeletal remains in the ossuary. There are famous people from French history, included several beheaded figures hmm. from the French Revolution, like Joros Danton, <laughs> that's so American, and Maximilian, Maximilian de Rossipierre. Not American. Not American. (laughs) Charles Perrault, who wrote Little Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, and Sleeping Beauty, is also laid laid to rest there. Hmm. During World War II, Parisian members of the French Resistance used the tunnel system. The Nazis established an underground bunker below Lycée Montagny. Nailed it. A high school in the 6th 
arrondissement. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that means, but it's there. You got it. So now let's talk about the modern day a little bit. Um, today, the catacombs stretch over 65 feet beneath the streets. While you can visit the catacombs today, many galleries are off limits and have been illegal to visit since 1955. Because of the catacombs, large foundations cannot be built, and sometimes the mines have collapsed and destroyed buildings. Yeah, so basically it's like a, a catacomb. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you know, like a, what do they call it? Like bees. You know? Like a beehive? A beehive, essentially. So there's holes all over the city. Oh, I, underneath. I see what you're saying. So they can't build heavy stuff because it'll just go right through. Yeah, it's like hollow ground underneath it. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the reason there's not many tall buildings in the area. Yeah, because they're too sense. heavy. That would suck to like, finish building a building and it just falls on the ground. Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Damn it, we did it again. First day on the opening. <laughs> Motherfucker. So there are hidden entrances to the catacombs where you can get in, but obviously it's not recommended, so Illegal. do not go do that. Illegal, yeah. <laughs> in 2017, two te- teenagers were rescued after being lost for three days. So here's the little excerpt from French24.com. <laughs> it actually is an A, France. French. That's, <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. Yes. Yes, it is. Holy shit. Two teenagers were rescued from the catacombs beneath Paris on Wednesday after getting lost in the pitch black tunnels of the underground burial ground for three days. That's literally my worst nightmare. Yeah. Being stuck in pitch black. The two, aged 16 and 17, were taken to the hospital and were being treated for hypothermia after being found by search teams and rescue dogs in the early hours of the morning. It was thanks to the dogs that we found them. A spokesman from the Paris Fire Service told AFP at the end of the four hour operation. A network of around 250 kilometers of underground tunnels form a maze beneath Paris with only a small section open to the public at an official visitor site in southern Paris. Entering the other galleries has been against the law, like we said, since 1955, but daredevil school children, explorers, and alternate alternative party goers are known to access them through secret entrance points. The transfer of human remains from Parisian cemeteries to the tunnels began toward the end of the 18th century for public health reasons, with the bones of approximately 6 million people found there. The ambient temperature in the dark, dank, narrow passageways is about 15 degrees Celsius, which is about 59 degrees Fahrenheit. It was not clear who had raised an alarm about the missing teenagers or why they got lost. The operator of the Catacomb Museum, a popular attraction where the queues are sometimes several hours long, stressed that no one has ever gotten lost in the over one-mile tunnel open to the public. Well, yeah, not if you're in a group. That's a lie. I mean... Catacomb Museum, man, that is a lie. (laughs) They're saying from their tours. Yeah, because they probably got, like, lanterns and shit, not just jumping in a freaking sewer. That's, like they said, it's probably like a maze. Like, you probably one wrong turn and you're like, fuck. Well, and if you're there for three days, I don't think your battery on your flashlight's going to work. I would just sit down. Yeah, be like, somebody's going to find me eventually. We went to that one, there's a mine, it's like a haunted cave they call it but the one side of it is like a mine it's like an yeah. old operating mine and we went on this tour there and they shut the lights off yeah and it's, and it's like you can't see your hand nope and they said back then like back in like the 50s and 60s if the power went out under there you're just supposed to sit down yeah so like let somebody find you because like, you'll probably get make yourself more lost yeah or fall down like a hole or yeah. something like that Oof. well and, and to me the being lost in the catacombs it wouldn't be so much like the spookiness of the 
the skulls or whatever, mm. it would be okay. Well, I got in here. Who else is in here? Yeah. And I'm sure there's animals down there yeah. that like felt like wandered down there. Yeah. That would be what would be freaky is the other, just like haunted houses. It's not necessarily the spooky ghosts. It's okay. Are there squatters here? Yeah. Like what's going on? That would be, yeah. What's like in the descent? Like things. Just, mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. That's probably the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. That was a good one. Fuck. That, that's very, it reminds me a lot of that as above, so below. Yeah. Just because there's like things down there. Because you're like, trapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually like that movie. What? That was about so below. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know why, but yeah, it wasn't really like a great movie, but it's. It I was like the it. anticipation. Yeah. All right, here's something crazy. During 2004, police discovered a fully equipped movie theater in one of the caverns. It was equipped with a giant cinema screen, seats for the audience, projection equipment, film reels of recent thrillers and film noir classics, a fully stocked bar, and a complete restaurant with tables and chairs. The group LESUX took responsibility for the installation. Could you imagine the sound quality, though? Bouncing off them bones. <laughs> It'd probably be really good. I wonder how, like, how do you, like... Get all that down there? Well, not only that, like, how do you market that? Like, I feel like there's not a big audience, so, like, you can't be like, hey, check out our, like, thing down here. It's probably a very elite group. Yeah, maybe. It's just, like, super rich people. I would go watch a movie down there for show. That would be wild. Watching scary movies next to Bones. Yeah. During 2015, Airbnb paid 350,000 euro, which I don't know how much that is in American, but uh, that was as part of a publicity stunt offering customers the chance to stay overnight in the catacombs. I don't know if I'd do that. Not alone. It'd be cool with, like, a group of people, but not just, like... Yeah, and I need, like, an air mattress. At least. And, like, I'd have to bring a lot of flashlights. Yeah. Tons of them. And, like, like in the suicide forest, Mm. tie a string around you so you know how to get back. Yeah. Damn. No Mm. fucking no thanks. In August 2017, thieves broke into a cellar from the catacombs and stole more than 250,000 euro of wine. Wow. How the fuck is there that much wine? Because it's probably 60 degrees Fahrenheit. That's, yeah, that's a perfect true. temperature. That's true. So pop culture, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but um, 1974 film The Holes was set within the catacombs of Paris. I can't imagine how like difficult that would be to film in. No, it's so tight, I bet. The 1954 film Father Brown had a pivotal scene within the catacombs. 1954, holy shit. Yeah. Probably still stunk. It's probably like, I don't know. Because they didn't let people in until 1955. Well, just think about like, now it's not so hard with like film equipment, but back in the 50s, that shit yeah. was huge. Yeah. That'd be so hard to get it all just down there. Just throw it down the well. God damn. Probably a pulley system. Probably. The Mummy, my favorite. The mm. tw- 2002 film with Brendan Fraser, my boyfriend at the time. This is animated TV series. Oh. I didn't even know there was an animated TV series. Well, probably had Brendan Fraser in it, my boyfriend at the time. They had episodes set in the catacombs. <laughs> <laughs> and then we already talked about the film As Above, So Below that was released in 2014. Uh, was the first production that secured permission from the French government to film in the catacombs. They aimed to use no alterations to the environment with the exception of a piano and a car, which was hauled into the catacombs and set on fire. I didn't realize it was actually filmed there. Yeah. That makes it ten times cooler. Yeah. I thought it was just like set recreations. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's cool. Um, so visits. During 
1814 through 1830, people were only granted permission to enter the catacombs a few times a year with an authorized mine inspector. In 1830 to 1833, the catacombs were completely closed as the church opened, or opposed having the public view human remains, which is understandable, I guess. I mean, I guess it's kind of, yeah. Kind of morbid. In 1850, it opened again, and you were allowed four visits a year that had to be scheduled. In 1867 to 1874... It changed to allowing month, uh, month visits, biweekly visits, and weekly visits. So all the visits. Yeah, any kind of visit. All the want. kind of visits. <laughs> uh, in 1900, it was open to regular vi- regular visits daily. Yep. So they really just kind of. It like, was ah, a wishy washy. <laughs> yeah. In uh, September 2009, the catacombs were closed due to vandalism, and it was reopened December 19, 2009. They were closed uh, a period of time in 2020 due to COVID, but they opened back up on June 16, 2020 with COVID guidelines that have to be followed. They limited the amount of people that would go in the groups, and you have to wear face masks to get in. Hmm. I looked because this is on my bucket list, and it's about $20 American to do the tour, depending on the exchange rate. That's really not as bad as I thought it would have been. No. I wonder um, if there's, there's probably, I'm guessing there's like a waiting list. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's like crazy. Well, they said um, that it, like, if you don't have like a reservation, you could wait in line for like two or three hours just to get in. Damn. But I, I would see, you know, it takes about, that. so here are the figures with, with the, the tour. So it's 20 meters of depth, which is approximately a five story building. Hmm. That's crazy. There are 243 steps, which is 131 steps to go down and 112 steps to go up so you don't start and stop at the same place hmm. it's like a straight you know ziggy zaggy line right um 1500 meters um is about how long you're gonna walk and it's about takes about an hour to get through and it's a 11,000 m2 of total area so hmm. i don't know what that meters means squared that's a lot folks <laughs> So it's like square foot in America. Oh, okay. It's like the same. So a lot. Yeah. That's fucking huge. Yeah. That's, and that's only the part you're allowed to go in. Yeah. I wonder if they have like a, even if they know like, a, I'm sure they do, but like if there's like a full map out there of like the yeah. entire catacomb. Yeah, there is. And that's, it is very small on our list here, in, but it is massive. Man, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Even as a tour guide, I mean, I feel like if you got off the path, mm-hmm. you're screwed. Yeah, because it all looks the same, I'm sure. Like and then you're with all these people. That would suck. Yeah. You have to play it cool, and you're like, oh, oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, don't breathe so much. We've got to conserve our air. Yeah. <laughs> and stop touching me. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Like, it's wild that they did this, but it's wild that it's the only place in the world that thought of doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very unique. Like. I just, I mean, it it took 12 years to get all the bodies down there, but I want to know how long it took them all to, like, rearrange them in these designs. Um, Yeah, I wish there was pictures of what it looked like before, because now it looks, like I said, like it's like an art installation. It's wild. Well, they do have, like, um, plaques down there of who's who in the in that section. You know what I mean? Hmm. So they have an idea of who these people are. Right. That's Um, crazy. Yeah, what a crazy thing. Um, but to, for sources, I used a lot, uh, walks of Italy, wiki, Atlas Obscura. I love that website. Mm-hmm. Um, go on there and you can find all kind of weird things. Smithsonian mag.com, Paris, 
if-promenades.com, ifl-science.com. Do you know what that stands for? What? I fucking love science. Does it really? Yeah. I love that. I follow them on uh, Facebook. Do you? Yep. I never knew this. They had to change it to IFL because I like... They're kind of getting like big. Before they were just uh-huh. kind of like a small thing, but like to make it look more like professional, it's IFL science. Yeah, because you don't want like twelve year olds being like, "I got it on I fucking love science." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then catacombs.paris.fr. That is the official website mm-hmm. of um, of the catacombs where you can look at history, you can book your tour, uh, get prices, all that kind of good stuff. And there are tons of stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. that I watched of just like. Visitors going to the catacombs and taking video of, of what they're looking at. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Yeah, if you've been there, let us know. Yeah, let us know. I'd love to know what the vibe is down there. Yeah, it's probably very unsettling. And like somber. Yeah. Because you're walking through a tunnel filled with dead people. Mm-hmm. Like six million dead people. That's so many fucking people. That's a lot of people. That's more than most countries. Yeah. That's insane. And I mean, it's like hard to wrap your mind around that many people. Yeah, but and it's kind of weird too to think that the Paris streets are like there's just holes underneath them. Yeah, but it's like what fifty feet down, but still, or five five story building down. Yeah, that's like a subway system here. That's five stories down, but that doesn't. But the the reason one of the reasons why they chose this is because it was the height. It's not like a little cave where you got to scrunch. Right. There's enough space for you to stand up like a regular person. So, I mean, I don't know how tall the ceilings are, but that's going to account for some of that, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would love to visit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I would love to know if you've been there and what your stories are. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's tons of, like, haunted crap but um but i i i was very interested in the history of it because i knew about it but i didn't know why it was the way it was yeah right and now it makes sense Mm -hmm. if you have a story to go to um on the episode show notes there is a button you can hit and you can record a voice message and send it to us yeah so send us a voice message and we'll listen to it on the show and then talk about it yeah that'll be super interesting yeah send us an email at mysteryhistorypodcast.com or wait mysteryhistorypod at gmail.com or you can always send us messages on Instagram. That's typically where we get the most of our Yeah, you can send us a voice message there too. Yep. Yep. So we would love to hear from you. Um, I thought this was very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, And let us know if you like it. Mm -hmm. You got anything else to add? I don't think so. Just uh, go to the website, mysteryhistorypodcast.com Give us some loves. Check out all we got to offer. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, you guys have a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.